0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the and Tiger Wire podcast, we're so glad you're here joining us for this week's episode episode 15 of the Tiger Wire. If you're new to the family, uh, make sure you follow us over on social media. We've got a Twitter, we've got Instagram, we've got TikTok, and all three of those platforms have different kind of content uh, for you to enjoy. Um, You get to see some behind-the-scenes stuff on Instagram, uh, where we're at the games, we're in the media post, in the post-conference media booth, that kind of stuff. TikTok, you see clips of the show as well as some other things and then twitter you get to see just our behind the scenes thoughts our thoughts mid-game uh during the game after the game during the week that kind of stuff so make sure you follow us over on there at the tiger wire On all platforms, TikTok is at the Clemson Tiger Wire. Uh, But yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We are so glad that you are here. Today, we're going to dive into our past two games, uh, our game on last week against Louisville, where we walked away with a win, and then our game from uh, Saturday, where we played Virginia, that amazing game that we had. So that's going to be what we talk about today. We're so glad that you're joining us. Um, With all that being said, let's dive in. So first off, let's start off with the Louisville game. Clemson played Louisville uh, this past week on Tuesday, and it was a game. Uh, it was a game that was nowhere near as close as it should be, uh, honestly. Clemson played really well at parts. We, they were up. They had a huge lead at parts. Um, if you look at the largest leads of the game, Clemson was up by 24 points at one time in the middle of the second half. They played, were playing really well. Uh, took a, I think it was an eight point lead at the end of the first half and then came off swinging in the beginning of the second half and kept playing, playing really well, playing really, really well. Uh, up 24 and then they just stopped trying. They just was like, ah, that's good enough. We'll stop playing. Um, and actually, allowed Louisville to get back within, I think, three points uh, within the last couple minutes. Um, so that 24 point lead turned into a three point lead in like a matter of like six or seven minutes. It was crazy, uh, pitiful, but ended up shooting, playing decent. Um, I think part of the reason we played so well and once we're up by 24 at some one point is Louisville did not shoot the ball well at all. They shot 34% from the field, they shot like two for 20 from three-point line, uh, and then 78% from the foul line. They had a pretty ugly shooting night. Uh, Clemson, on the other hand, did not have much better from three. They ended up shooting five for 21, so not too much better, 23%. But they did shoot 43% from the field, 22 out of 51. Um, So you love to see that. Had a lot of free throws. Both teams had a lot of free throws. Uh, There was a combined 48 attempted free throws, uh, 39 made between the two teams. So a lot of free throws made, Um, but it was called both ways. Rebounds. Gosh. Three straight games. Three games in a row, Clemson has been out rebounded. Here's how bad it was, though. Louisville out rebounded us 48 to 29. 48 to 29. Our offensive rebounds, Louisville had 21. Clemson had four. Unless ESPN is lying. That's I'm looking at the stats on ESPN's website right now. 21 to 4 offensive rebounds. Defensive rebounds was 27 to 25. Ugly ugly got to fix that can't happen that uh but assists we played well it was another game double digit assists love to see that 13 to four steals they had more blocks we had six blocks to their zero um total turnover 16 to 13 we they turned the ball up a little bit more um but overall Clemson played well I'm not gonna spend too much talking about that game because it was almost a week ago so uh we'll move on but Clemson ended up winning 70 to 64 you got to win over a team you should win against. That's all we'll say about that. It should have been farther than that. It should have been more than twenty-four points. But we took our nah, We took the gas pedal off. We let off the gas. So, um, but that was that game. Glad to see we got it on top though. That was important, especially after that Duke game. Uh, got to hit the road. Hit, hit, come back at home and win a game. Um, but then Saturday, yesterday, we had a game against Virginia at home, and guys, I'm still upset about this game. I'm still upset about this game. Uh, I'm just going to go through the stats and then we'll talk through a little bit more player coach for uh, what they should have done, that kind of situation. But, guys, gosh, it was rough. Um, Virginia led the entire game. Uh, Clemson's biggest lead was by three points and it was early. The rest of the game, I believe every single TV timeout, Virginia was winning. Um, Some points they got up to a 12-point lead. Uh, Sometimes it was closer. But, gosh, it was was rough. Field goal percentage, Virginia shot 44%. Clemson only shot 35% from the field. Three-point percentage, Clemson shot 35% again. Uh, Louisville or Virginia hit 33%. Um, free throws, Clemson, if, it wasn't, if we didn't get calls like we did, and I'll be honest, if you watched our last episode, I talked about PG Hall, and we'll get into this more in a second, but I talked about PG Hall not getting star treatment. He got it this game, and he hit 10 free throws because of it. We had 18 free throws compared to Virginia's nine. Uh, made double the amount of free throws that they did. Uh, it was – if it wasn't for that, we were we were in trouble. And we'll get there in a second. But uh, uh, rebounds, again, we were out-rebounded, 38-33. to 33. They had two more offensive rebounds and three more defensive rebounds. Only had nine assists. So, guys, if we don't score du- – if we don't have double-digit assists, we lose. That's how it has been every time, I think, except for once. Um, Stills, tie game, blocks. They had a couple more blocks. Turnovers. We only had four turnovers this game. That's it, four turnovers against a really good Virginia defense, and we still lost. God, you can't do that. You can't do that at all. Um, points in the bank, 30 to 22. Fouls, they had 17 fouls called on, and we only had 11. And with all that, we still lost. And so let's go into how the game ended. If you didn't, weren't able to watch it, uh, Virginia was up by like eight at the end of uh, after eight minute TV timeout break maybe a six, um, yeah eight at the twelve minute six at the uh, eight minute. Five at the four minute, and we needed to come back. And we, I think that's right. I could be off a couple, but we needed to come back soon. And so we hit the ground running. We made a huge comeback at one point. Believe it was up by twelve in the second half. And uh, Clemson started to come back. Clemson started to play well. They started to hit the shots. They started to play in defense how they needed to. They started to move it around. Um, but then it just they just went to pieces. Uh, late in the game, we we had a chance. Uh, we had a chance to do it with five and a half minutes left. P.J. Hall hit his first three-point. Um, he was one for six, one for six. So he made his first points with about five and a half minutes left to go in the game. We didn't make another field goal the rest of the game. Five and a half minutes, P.J. Hall hit a third field goal. We did not make another field goal. We did not make another basket from the field the entire game. Let Let that sink in true let that let that simmer let that sink in a little bit we're playing virginia who yes has a good team has a good team defensively and for five and a half minutes of the game we didn't make one basket what what in the world how do you expect to win and then we only lose by one point we all that mess for one point loss um so five and a half minutes left, we go through we make a bunch of we have we did shoot a lot of foul free throws late in the game. Uh, Virginia would make some, they'd miss some, they'd make some, they'd miss some. Um but fast forward to towards the end of the game, we're down by uh 6. Yeah, we're down or down by 4. 66 to 62 with 7 seconds left. P.J. Hall shoots a three even though he can't make threes. He's made two threes uh, at home and against the ACC all year. Say that again. He's made two three-point shots. At home against ACC opponents all year. He's like two for 26. It's pitiful. Um, but seven seconds left. We're down by four. So what do we need? We need PJ Hall shooting a three, but he got fouled um, and he actually did well. He made all three of his shots, so put us to a one point game. Uh, Virginia calls a timeout. And as soon as they inbound the ball, uh, the, Josh Beadle has a good foul on him, puts him at the line. It's one on one situation. Perfect. We don't trust their free throw. I think they ended up shooting nine for 13. So not the best free throw shooting team, and they didn't have a great free throw shooter at the line. Josh Beetle fouls them. They missed the first one, and we inbound the ball. So seven seconds left. We have the ball, and we're down by one point. What does 98% of coaches do? You call a timeout, right? You say timeout. You run the ball to half court. You call a timeout with three or four seconds left, so you can draw up a nice play and shoot. What does Brad do? Nah, play it. We don't need a timeout. We have a great offense, 65 points on Virginia. No made baskets in the last five and a half minutes. We don't need a timeout. We can score. And so we have a we come in, Chase Hunter gets it. P.J. Hall's uh, garden under the basket, doesn't get a shot. Um, and so what do we do? We pass it to Jack Clark, who has a decent-looking shot from a little deeper three than we'd like. Shooting a three, only need two points, and he clanks it off the front of the rim. We lose on that. That's how we lose the game not have made basket in the last almost six minutes, not using our timeout to drop a play, which is standard coaching. If you're like playing a really good offense and you're Carolina this year, who's got a great offense, or you're Duke, who has a lot of players, star-studded players that can make a lot of points, or you're a team like that, 100% understand. Or if you're Tennessee with Connect, who's playing out of his mind, has like six 30-point games this year. If you're that and you have a star player, don't call a timeout. Let him do his work. We don't have that. We have PJ Hall who's really good in the paint if he takes his time. We have Joe Girardi who hits threes sometimes. You know, and so instead of we're already struggling to score. It's proved that if we just let them play, we're not gonna score. We have it for six minutes. And so instead of doing what the common sense would say would be to call timeout and draw up a place so we can have a decent looking shot, we settle for a Jack Clark three. Who Jack Clark did not play well tonight. Jack Clark and Chauncey Wiggins, neither one had a good game. Uh, Jack Clark uh, came off the bench, played 18 minutes, and went 0 for 5 with zero points. But he took the last shot. Chauncey Wiggins started 1 for 5 with two points. You're letting a guy who hasn't played a lot this year, I think he's played two games where he has over 20 minutes, and that might be more than what he has. You're letting that guy take our final shot, 0 for 4 on the game before this shot he had a great defensive game defensively he had uh he had eight rebounds four offense four defense had an assist or two assists he had two fouls on him but he really played great defense down the stretch uh caused a lot of tough shots but he's gonna take our last shot and you could have called a timeout to avoid that really that's what you're doing brad that's the call I don't understand it. I really I really don't. I'm watching it. I was in my seats up in the back and I was I sit on the baseline that views that shoot, sees Clemson shooting uh on our side the second half and so I'm getting a wide open look at it and I the whole time I'm saying timeout, 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 timeout and nothing. He just lets it happen. I I don't understand. Don't get it. You're struggling offensive already. You're already struggling to make a basket. You're already struggling to score. And so instead of calling a timeout where you can try to create some rhythm, try to drop something that gives you a chance, you're going to settle for people on the court that haven't scored all day. I don't get it. I don't get it. That was disappointing. Ugly, ugly, heartbreaking loss. Um, but we didn't just lose there. We lost the entire game. That's why they were leading the entire game. So we can blame that we didn't make a buzzer-beater shot to win on that dumb call not to call a timeout. Uh, but the rest of it, you got to blame on poor play. Um, Brad Burnell was asked about it in the last second, and he said, look, Virginia's got a great defense, and uh, if we call a timeout, yeah, we can draw play, but we're giving them a chance to draw up a defense, and their defense is already really good, so you don't really want to do that. And No. No, you were just – I don't – that's a terrible take. Yes, they get to draw up a defense, but you get to choose who you want taking the shot. You get to elect who you want taking the shot down the lane. That's worth it. Doing that would be worth having them have of set defense, especially because you haven't scored in five and a half minutes. But, uh, gosh, frustrating. Let's go into player performances. Um, Virginia has a best player for sure with uh, Beekman who's their leading assist and their leading in points. Um, tonight he tied – he was neither – he wasn't a leading in points, though. They had a bench player come in and leading points with 17. Shot uh, Grove shot seven for nine, three threes. Um, had a good game of 17 points. Beekman had 14. He shot five for 17. Uh, he shot five for 17. McNeely shot six for 15 with 14 points as well. So had three people in double-digit scoring. Um, that's rough. That That's hard to do. Uh, that's, I mean, I mean I don't, no, it's not. I don't know what I'm saying. That's easy. They, 14, 14, 17. Their best players scored 14 points shooting less than 33% from the field. Um, so deep, Virginia's not an offensive team, though. Virginia, when you watch them, when you watch their tour, if you look at them statistically, they're not the best offensive. It's defense where they make their money and. Uh, they they defensively handled us tonight. But looking at Clemson's stats, uh, our starting lineup was Joe Girard, Chase Hunter, Chauncey Wiggins, Ian Shefflin, PJ Hall, our normal starting lineup this year. Um, Chauncey Wiggins, like we said, one for five with two points, um, 0 for two from the field, one assist, one rebound, one steal, one foul. Joe Girard, he had a decent night, five for eight, four from six from the three, started off hitting one, his first attempt, which is always good to see. Gosh, Joe Girard hit one from the scores table. I don't know if y'all saw that, but if you didn't watch the game, Joe Girard, he just took a shot from easily 10 feet behind the three point line and drained it. I don't know why he did it, but he did it and it was good. And then two minutes later, tried to do it again, contested and terrible miss. I don't know why he did that, but he drained it. But Joe Gerard had a decent day. Um, he ended up with, like I said, 14 points, four threes, had a rebound and assist, one turnover, one foul. Chase Hunter had an all right game. Chase Hunter had went four for eight with 12 points, 0 for two from the three, but he went perfect from the line. Had two assist or two rebounds, one block. He had a good block, good block from behind, swatted on the right. It was a good one. Uh, but he had tur- two turnovers. Uh, Ian Shefflin had a. On the boards, didn't have I mean, he had a decent game. He had his normal game he's had this year. 13 points, nine rebounds, three assists, one still. He had three fouls on him. And then PJ Hall, PJ Hall did not have a good game. You look at the stats, it says 19 points. Yeah, I see that. But 10 of those were foul free throws. And he went 10 for 12 from the free throw line. He only he went one for six from the three. He went four from 16. I'm gonna say that again. Four from 16 from the field. He shot 25% tonight, and most of those were right beside the basket. I can't count how many wide-open shots beside the baskets Ian Shefflin and P.J. Hall and Chase Hunter and all of them missed. We had so many that we missed right underneath the basket. And, again, Brad was asked about this after the game, and, oh, it's contested down there. There's a lot of contact. Uh, Every single game is that way. There's contact. You're playing D1 Power 5 Conference ACC basketball. You're going to have contact. Make a layup. That's that's part of it. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a little frustrated. We'll get even more when I'm frustrated in, in a second. Uh, so, yeah, disappointed with that. Our bench, our bench collectively, collectively shot two for 12, and Beatles the only one that scored points. The had five, R.J. Godfrey, Jack Clark, and Dylan Hunter – All had zero points. Dylan Hunter didn't play a lot. Only had played nine minutes. Didn't take a shot. Only stat that he has was one steal. Uh, RJ Godfrey played 11 minutes, went 0 for 3, underneath the basket misses. Um, Only had one rebound, one assist. Jack Clark, again, defensively played a good game. Offensively, not so much. 0 for 5, 0 for 2 from the 3, including that last second shot. Dumb. Uh, four offensive rebounds, four defensive rebounds, uh, two assists, and two fouls. So, guys, it was a rough night. It was a game where it's definitely we wanted to forget, not what we wanted to happen. Uh, It was frustrating. Um, Like we talked about, P.J. Hall got star treatment tonight, got put to the line a lot, and if it wasn't for that, it would have been a blowout, which – Probably should have been how both teams played. I'll be honest, the first half and second half, very different teams. Second half, Clemson looked like they actually wanted to play. First half, they did not. But still, got to find a way to win. This is arguably the most talented team that Clemson has had in 14 years. And we're sitting at 14 and seven after going 10 and one in the non conference. It's, we're struggling, fellas. We're struggling. We're, we're struggling big. And, it's, there's no reason for it. There's no reason for Clemson to be struggling as much as they are. And, and most of them have been close games. Um, you look at our losses, one point to Virginia, one point to Duke, three points in double overtime to Georgia Tech. The other first three losses were a little bit bigger, 15 points to Virginia Tech, 10 to North Carolina, but that was a lot closer game. That was 10 with all the free throws. It was more like a five-point game and then blown out by 13 to Miami. But recently – with our last six games, win or our last seven, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. We can't put together two wins in a row. We're just struggling. We'll win a game, and then we take it off. We we lost to Virginia Tech by 15. We came back and won by 11 to Boston College. We lost in a double overtime against Georgia Tech. We beat Florida State. We lost to Duke. We beat Louisville. We lost to Virginia. If this trend continues, we should be to win our next game, which will be huge, would be a huge win. We'll get to that in a second. but. For for now, I wanna we're gonna take a quick break. And then after this break, we're gonna talk about Brad Burnell, uh, talk about some different topics. If you're a Clemson basketball fan, you've probably got some mixed feelings about Brad Burnell, if just straight ne- if not just straight negative. So we'll talk about that in just a second. Awesome. Welcome back to the Clemson Tiger wire. Thanks so much for joining us. We're gonna wind down here, uh, talk about two more things before we end, talk about our uh, Brad Burnell, and then we're gonna talk about our upcoming matchup. But First off, let's talk about Brad. Guys, there is – I don't know if y'all know this. If you're listening to Clemson basketball, if you call Clemson basketball, you know that there is a lot of people that do not want Brad Brownell to be the head coach of Clemson Tigers. There is a lot of people who think that Graham Neff should be firing him, should be moving on. Uh, felt like last year he had the ultimatum where if he didn't make the tournament, he was out of there, and then he didn't make the tournament. Um but Neff was like, oh, you should have made it, which we should have, but give him another chance. And then now this year had one some of the best teams that he has had ever. Some of the best teams that he has ever had. And nothing. Not not really pulling through with it. Started off really hot and has fell short dramatically recently. Um, guys, there's there's mixed feelings on Brad. And I'll be honest, after the Duke game, there was a lot of uh discussion. In the media, there was a lot of discussion in the sports world over Brad's comments. And so, if you didn't hear that, go watch out. You can find it on YouTube. A lot of people recorded it. Basically, Brad blamed the Duke game on the refs, and the refs were bad. I'm not upset with what he did there. If you take an isolated incident and never take any excuses, never make any excuses, I'm okay with you taking one game and saying the ref stole this, especially when they call a foul with one second left on the clock to give them two free throws to win. Um, yeah, that I'm okay with that. My problem is now this Brad just seems like every post game, there's some kind of excuse. I, I I hate I hate talking bad about the guy. I like Brad Brunel. He seems like a good guy. I've watched all the post game and all the interviews, and I've watched all him talking about his players. He loves his players. He seems like a great guy. He seems like an awesome guy. But when you listen to the post game interviews, there's some kind of excuse. When you listen to the Duke game, the excuse was the refs. Tonight, when he was asked about tonight, he's talking about the spirit of the team and how the team has gone through a hard time and how they're just down on themselves, and it feels like every opponent we play is in a really good spot mentally, but Clemson's not in a good spot. And the reason we lost was because of that and because our guys aren't in a good spot and because of the schedule. We have an unfair schedule and uh, how he's having to be a cheerleader as much as he's having to be a coach. And I've stuck up for the guy. Go listen to the Duke episode. I stuck up for Brad after the Duke episode. So many people did not. You can go – you remember Michael from Duke Blue Central? Go listen to his. He he laid into Brad. <laughs> he, he didn't have a feeling. That was the common theme throughout the sports of how Brad shouldn't blame the refs. And I stuck up for him because I'm like, you know what? No, nah, tonight you can blame the refs. Tonight you can do that. But then tonight you're going to blame the loss on this team spirit and you're going to blame the loss on the guy's headspace after going through a rough stretch? That's not winning. You're not going to win like that. You've got to win. If you're going to take responsibility, you're going to say we lost because we did trash. We lost because we shot terribly. We lost because we turned the ball over. We lost because we couldn't box out. We lost because of this. You don't say excuses. You say, these are why we lost. This is what we've got to get better. Now let's go do it. Um, It's frustrating. And I, Thursday night, I was having a conversation with a friend and they were like, you know, what do you what's your real thoughts where do you really feel about Brad do you do you like that he said that in the interview and I told him I was like look personally no after the Duke game but I get why I did it and honestly I'd probably say the same thing and then now it's just it seems like this is going to be a, it seems like there's a pattern forming when when we lose it's not what can we fix it's oh, the team chemistry's down or the team spirit's down or they're not in the right headspace and our opponents are in a great headspace. When the ACC and we lost those first three games uh, that against Miami, Carolina, and Virginia Tech, Brad said, oh, it stinks because we got a terrible start to the ACC. We started off really hard uh, while other people have an easier start. Might have been true, but no, you lost. There's no reason we lost to Miami by 13 points when our players just didn't show up. Carolina, we shot one from 18 from the three point line. Virginia Tech, I think our guys forgot to get off the bus. It's We've got to start. I think until Brad says, guys, light a fire, lay into him, get onto him, he does during the game. But it seems like post conference and after, again, we don't know what's going on in practice. He could be chewing him out in practice, and I hope he is. But in the post conference, it seems like he's giving every single guy an excuse to be like, hey, here's your gel- get out jail gel- free card. Here's your reason why you're losing. Here's the reason, the excuse on what's going on. And it's frustrating. I think it's time for him to take some responsibility. I'm not going to say that we need to fire him. I'm not going to say that because I really like the guy. I think he could do something special. But I am going to say we have five home games left, and then we also have five away games. So we got ten games left in the season, and it's not an easy schedule. Uh, we got against all, only one more against a top ten team or a top ranked team, um, but then we got we we'll go to Syracuse, host Miami and State, go to Georgia Tech, who's beat has some big wins this year, um, against Florida State, against Pitt, at Notre Dame, against Syracuse, and end at Wake Forest. We don't have the easiest schedule left. You've got to see some improvements. We've got to see some steps. We've got to see this team playing like this team can. Um, We've got to see this team truly coming together and getting connected and starting to be the talent that we have. What happened to the team that went to Alabama and beat them by eight eight points? You know, what happened to the team that uh, played so well against TCU? What happened to those teams? That team was completely different than what we've seen so far in the ACC. And it's not because of team spirit. It's not because of our headspace. It's because of our players performances and our coaching decision. And it's time that the responsibility is took and we take the next steps to get better. Um, So that's my challenge. Brad Burnell probably never hear this. No player from any Clemson will ever hear this, but if they do, that's the next step, please just take some responsibility. Let's move forward. We're better than this. Do better than this. Um, So that's my thoughts on Brad. We'll give you an update after the Nets game. We'll see how that goes, but, uh, uh, last two things we're going to talk about is one, Alex Hemingway, my favorite Clemson player right now, should be coming back soon. He was cleared to uh, before the Louisville game, and Brad was like, I want to give him a little bit more time. And then he had Virginia yesterday. So hopefully Tuesday he comes back. Hopefully we get to see him in action. Would love to see him back on the court. Really excited about that. But our Nets game, we're excited about it. We got Tuesday. Uh, we're going to Chapel Hill where they just had a big win over Duke on the Saturday, yesterday evening. Um we're going to Chapel Hill. We're excited. Uh, we This is going to be our second time in Chapel Hill. The Tiger Wire, we're going to be there. We'll be there live recovering media, go to the post-conference, that kind of stuff. It'll be our first time going to an away arena and covering media. So we're really excited about that other than national championship, So we will come to you live. We'll probably put an episode out Wednesday talking about our thoughts from that Tuesday game. But make sure you follow us over on Twitter to keep up to date. But uh, I think that is going to do it for this episode. That's going to be about all we have. Um, make sure you stay connected look forward to future episodes again follow us on social media Uh, leave us a review written reviews are awesome five stars are awesome wherever you're listening to go subscribe to our youtube channel we got some clips over there and you can watch the podcast right now if you're listening to it come watch us uh you get to watch us talk about it and then coming up soon we also be looking forward we'll be having our acc mid-season report when we have anthony and michael back on the show uh talking about that so it's going to be great a lot of exciting stuff coming soon uh but until then we Can't wait to see you then. Uh, Keep that Tiger pride alive and roaring. And as always, go Tigers.